Have you seen those, uh, sometimes it's on social media, sometimes it's on uh, just online, but those things that say there are two types of people in the world. And then they go to give you two different examples and they're on the extremes. Like, there's two different t- kinds of people in the world. The type that cuts their sandwich horizontally and the kind that cuts their sandwich diagonally. And you're one or the other. You're never both. Or there's two kinds of people in the world. The kind that you look at their phone and it's filled with notifications and those red boxes are everywhere. And then there's the kind of people that have no red boxes because as soon as they get one, they clear it out. There's two kinds of people in the world. Those who install the toilet paper with it going over and those who install it with it going under. On the patent, it does say it goes over. So if you go behind, I'm sorry, it's wrong. (laughs) There are two kinds of people in the world. And Jesus uses this same exact tactic as he talks about a parable in Luke chapter 18. But he doesn't say there's two types of people. He says there's two types of sinners. And which one are you? Let's look at Luke chapter 18, the parable that Jesus told. Here's what he says. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. There are two kinds of sinners. The first one's a Pharisee, who thinks he's pretty good. He went into, in in Jesus' story, he goes into the temple, and he stands right in the middle, and he stands up, he looks up to heaven, spreads his arms, and he says, God, I thank you, I'm not like them. I haven't committed adultery. I haven't robbed anyone. I haven't murdered anyone. I'm pretty good. And I thank you that I'm pretty good. And you know what? He was right. If you wanted to see somebody who was outwardly righteous more than anyone else, you looked to a Pharisee. And you looked at them and you would think, this is a God-fearing man Because look it, he's keeping himself from all these obvious sins that the rest of us are committing. And not only that, look what else he says. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Twice a week. The Pharisees fasted on Monday and Thursdays. Twice a week. In the Old Testament, do you know how many times a a week that God told his people to fast? One time a year, on the Day of Atonement, the people were supposed to fast. That was all that God required. And yet by the second and third century BC, the Pharisees had turned fasting into this ritual to do, to be 
even more in tune with God. And so they took what was supposed to be one day a week and they upped it to, or one day a year, they upped it to twice a week. And he gave a tenth of all he got. Which in the Old Testament, God did tell his people, give a tenth, a tithe of, every, of what you have. However, there were some exceptions. For instance, like your herbs. You didn't have to tithe your herbs. Uh, but that's the emphasis that he's saying. I tithe not just what I'm required to, I tithe everything. Look at me, God. What type of sinner is a Pharisee? The one who points to his own righteousness and finds security in his own righteousness. And then there's the other one, the tax collector, who's off in a corner. He beats his chest. He doesn't even look up because he can't even look up to God and he simply says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, growing up, I always, when I heard this parable, I always pictured that, that the uh, tax collector was someone who kind of came off the street, maybe in some rag, ragged clothes, uh, someone that looked maybe dirty. Uh, and, and so it, it was maybe easy, so to speak, for him to say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. No. If you saw a tax collector, you saw worldly success. He wore the, the rings. He wore nice clothes. He carried himself. He was smart, intelligent. He was success. And he's off in a corner beating his chest saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. What type of sinner is a tax collector in, in this story? The one who despairs of his own righteousness. These are the types of sinners that Jesus presents. The Pharisee and the tax collector, the one who finds security in his own righteousness, and then there's one who despairs of his own righteousness. Which one are you? We look at the tax collector and we say, well, I don't want to be that guy. Uh, nobody likes an arrogant guy. No one likes somebody who stands up and says this about themselves, that they're, they're thankful they're not like those people. And yet, what's in your heart? God, I thank, I thank you I'm not like them. Boy, are they a mess when they come here to church. God, I thank you I'm not like them. They're caught up in some obvious sins. But I don't do those. God, I thank you I'm not like them who's always complaining. God, I thank you I'm not like them who's always gossiping. God, I thank you I'm not like them. You fill in the blank. But the tax collector doesn't exactly seem appealing either, does he? To, to simply stand before God and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I have no defense. I have nothing to offer. I have no righteousness to give you. That doesn't seem exactly appealing either, does it? Because as we say, God have mercy on me, a sinner, we want to say, but I did help out today. I did give to church. In fact, I was in church tonight. And so we don't exactly want to simply admit that we're the tax collector either. Maybe a happy medium, somewhere in between, right? Which one are you? 
Maybe we should ask another question. Why is it so important to get this question right? Why is it so important to know which one you are? Because if we don't realize that we have a little Pharisee in our hearts that want to look inward at our own righteousness, you know what we're going to miss? We're going to be too busy looking here and what I have to offer that we're going to miss the cross. We're going to be looking so inward at our own righteousness that we're going to miss the righteousness that Jesus offers us. We're going to be so focused on ourselves that we're not going to realize that dust I am and to dust I'm going to return. And there's nothing that I can offer to save me from death. And I'm going to have this false sense of security that I'm okay because look at my success in the world and look, I'm pretty good on top of it compared to other people. I don't really need saving. I need Jesus just to give me an extra boost until we're sitting on death's bed. Until we're about to return to dust. And then we have no righteousness to offer. No righteousness to cling to. If we don't get this right, we're going to miss the whole point of Jesus. What a wonderful day today is. It seems like such a depressing day, Ash Wednesday, where we focus on how we're dust and the dust we will return, and yet what joy we have to know, 2 Corinthians 5.21, that Jesus has given us his righteousness. I can admit, Lord, I, I'm a sinner have mercy on me. And what do I find? A God who says, I have had mercy on you. Here's Jesus' righteousness in your place. His righteousness is yours. We can say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And he says, I have had mercy on you. I gave my son as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. And not only for the sins of the world, but your sins. So you have peace and forgiveness. We, we can say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I deserve punishment, and yet what does God say? My son rose from the dead, so that you have the hope of eternal life. This is what today is all about, Ash Wednesday, is that Jesus has taken this lump of dust, and he's brought me immortality, and he's brought you immortality as well. And so as we start this season of Lent, let's be willing to humbly admit that we are sinners. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Because what we're going to find is a God filled with grace, a God filled with mercy, a God who sent his one and only son to endure hell in our place, to die on the cross, and then rise victoriously from the grave on Easter morning. And when we're in the position of saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, we will not miss the joy. We will not miss the peace. We will not miss the excitement of the cross and the empty tomb for us all because of Jesus. God be with us this Lenten season as we confidently say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, because it gets us to look away from ourselves and to our Savior Jesus, who has forgiven us, conquered the grave, and brought immortality to you and me. Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, uh, way back in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sinned and brought sin and death into the world, and yet you did not leave them without hope. Uh, even in the garden, you promised that you were going to send someone from the woman's line to destroy the devil's work. So many thousands of years later, thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, here we are, 
And we see the fulfillment of that promise is Jesus our Savior. Uh, The one you sent from the woman's line, born of a woman, born under law to redeem those under law. And that is exactly what he's done. He's lived perfectly in our place. He died on the cross to take away our sin and he rose victoriously from the grave so that we have life and immortality to look forward to. We thank you for him. Help us to treasure him uh, this season especially as we focus on uh, what he's done to win us salvation. Uh, Give us the humility to admit that we are sinful and that we have no righteousness of our own. Because when we take our eyes off ourselves, uh, you focus us at the cross and the empty tomb of our Savior. And that's exactly where we need to be to have hope and peace and comfort now and forever. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.